0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me, as always, at Dalton underscore Trigg on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Drew Johnson. You can find him on Twitter as well at Coach Drew33. Uh, we are having a a very delightful Friday morning as the Mavs uh, seemed to have knocked the 2023 NBA draft out of the park uh, on Thursday night, uh, based on not just you know not just our opinions, but from the national media in general Which should really tell you something Because they're as critical of the Mavs as anybody uh, You know, over the last Handful of months So, uh, we're going to get into all that We're going to get into how the night started All the moves the Mavs made Moves that could still come You know, after what the Mavs did on draft night uh, And we're going to have a good time With this one, so, here we go Hi, this is Luka Doncic Can he get it away? It's
0: time on the step back He does! He is! He! Is. And the Mavericks
2: have won the game! Luca Doncic with a 30-footer
1: to win it at the Horn! And you're listening to the Maps Step Back Podcast! Yeah! It's always a good way to get started. Woo! Love it when Luca. Gets us started with the intro there. Okay. So, DJ, initial reactions to what the Mavs did because they started with the 10th pick. We talked about it in our last pod. We said, we love, we love Lively, you know, especially you. You've been banging the Derek Lively drum since December, is the last, is the first I remember you mentioning him to me. Uh, back when we didn't even know if the Mavs would keep their pick. So mm-hmm. congrats to you on calling this from so far out. <laughs> but we talked about it and we were like, you know, if they do take Lively, though, they don't need to take him at 10. They need to maximize this and squeeze a little bit more out of it. And mm-hmm. sure enough, that's what uh, that's what Nico Harrison did. He traded the 10th pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for uh, well, the 10th pick and Davis Bertans to the Thunder for the 12th pick. And OKC had cap space, so they were just able to absorb Bertans, and that created a, a TPE, attack, uh, a traded player exception. So then they turn around with that, uh, that trade exception and go to the Sacramento Kings, and they get Rashawn Holmes and the number 24 pick attached to him. Uh, just for nothing, they just absorb that. So, and then with the with the twenty fourth pick or the twelfth pick, they end up with Derek Lively, our guy, and then uh, the twenty fourth pick, uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper out of Marquette, who is six eight. He has a seven foot one wingspan, very athletic, uh, shoots over fifty percent from the field. He seems like a slightly taller, slightly longer a little bit more athletic version of, you know, what the Mavs had with Dorian Finney-Smith. At least that's my initial reaction to him. Uh, from what from what I've watched, I still got to dive into him a little bit more, but from what I've watched initially late last night and, you know, just looking at everything uh, that he has to offer, that was my initial takeaway uh, looking at Prosper. And then obviously Lively, you know, the the most obvious comparison there, and it's kind of cliche, but – tyson chandler i see it i can see how he fits that mold and then he could add a little shooting into the mix too so overall the mavs uh they definitely got better in the defense defense and uh grittiness uh department of their roster now rebounding they're going to need a little bit more help i don't know how much holmes really helps with that you know he might not be a uh you know, a long-term piece here. We'll see what they do with him before the end of the summer's over. But overall, initial reactions from you, DJ, what would you like about the draft?
2: Well, whenever they announced the lively pick, my first reaction was called it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, I won't, uh, I won't toot my own horn about it too much, but, uh, <laughs> no, it, it was really nice to see, uh, Nico make some extremely savvy moves in this draft. Um, he did exactly what we talked about him doing in the previous pod, which was splitting the aces, um, getting more value out of that 10th pick than what was originally allotted to it. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a tremendous job. Um, I don't think that Holmes was really a long-term piece. I think he was more of a means to an end. Um, I love the prosper pickup. You know, I love the, the Finney Smith, uh, comparisons, Um, I think he's a little bit further along at this stage in his career than Finney Smith was at that stage in his career. Um, I think he's a much better shooter. I think he's a much better offensive player than Finney Smith was at that stage. Um, So I think that was a tremendous pickup. Um, Overall, A-plus draft. I can't say enough. I was very happy. I was very happy to see us finally invest in a draft.
1: And we look, we've been talking about it. If you're going to invest in a draft – this is the ones that you want to invest in because it was such a deep pool of talent. One of the deeper pools we've seen, you know, in a long, long time. So I'm glad that the Mavs front office recognized that it's like, okay, yeah, you want to get win now pieces. You want to resign Kyrie and you want to have, you know, enough, enough good veteran pieces to make you a true contender now and compete for a title. But, You don't want that to bite you in the butt a few years down the road either. You know, like the Phoenix Suns, for example, I saw a thing on the timeline the other day uh, that said they don't control any of their picks, not first or second rounders through 2031. Jesus.
2: Yeah, I saw that
1: too. The next eight years, they control none of their picks. It's a whole decade. KD is getting older, and, you know, he has injury issues uh, Bradley Beal has had injury issues, and he's been, you know, pegged as a as a empty calories guy uh, until he got. to We'll see how all that works out in Phoenix. But you know, man, uh, I, I'm glad the Mavs didn't push all their chips into something like that. And it looks like they have more of a a, a young foundation going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, you look at the roster before last night. It was like, okay, you have Jaden Hardy and you have Josh Green. That's your two main young pieces, and now you add these other two into the mix with Luca, and it's like, okay, okay, I can see where this this could be going. You know, the next next couple of years. So uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. And look, the the Mavs probably aren't done. Uh, Nico Harrison said as much. You know, they're gonna they're gonna try and do some stuff in free agency. Uh, they did. Uh, they they also got a couple of players on the uh, undrafted free agent uh, market after the draft was over. They got a uh, TCU guy, uh, Mike Miles Jr., mm-hmm. who is was a baller. He's great, uh, and he is a local guy. So he, you know, he tweeted out, "We staying home," uh, after he signed that deal. So good for for Miles. And then uh, they got Jordan Jelly Walker from UAB. Uh, who is only five foot eleven, but he is also a hooper. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> his highlight tapes are hilarious. Like uh, imagine JJ Barea, but like the most athletic faded fadeaways, and you know how can I say it? It's like Barea height, but you know high Kyrie Irving type moves. Yeah,
2: he uh, he actually reminds me a lot of a guy. He never actually made it to the league. The furthest he made it was for one year of college, named Trey Jefferson. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that highlight tape. <laughs> yeah, but that was literally the nastiest highlight tape of anyone I have ever seen. And he's literally like this five foot four kid dunking and everything. He's great, but anyway, legendary hype uh, tape. The uh the Mavs summer team is gonna uh, the summer league team is gonna average like one hundred and fifty points a game. <laughs> So, I don't know how good they're going to be defensively, but they're going to average a lot.
1: I'm still working on the logistics part of it, DJ. But I'm hoping that we can, uh, you know, kind of, kind of find a way to squeeze in at least a weekend out there for summer league. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I'm I'm working on it. We'll see. Um, but yeah, you're right. That the summer league team is going to be stacked. It's going to be fun. A uh, bunch of guys, you know, like uh, Miles and and Walker are going to be playing to get a, you know, a real NBA contract. Uh, what I like about the, the, the Mike Miles Jr. signing is, you know, NBA teams with the new CBA, they can now have three two-way contracts on their roster where previously it was two. So uh, when it first happened, I was like, oh, does this mean that McKinley Wright, the fourth, or – uh AJ Lawson is going to, you know, going to be replaced by Miles. And uh, that wasn't the case. So uh, they they get all three of them now and get to develop them and and just see what happens. So, but yeah, man, uh, I'm excited. Uh, Lively. I think he is going to be uh, really good. Now I do think I, I understand why some people are tempering their expectations because you know, when you have a center like Lively, he has all the intangibles, but he probably needs to add a little more weight, a little more muscle. But I mean that—that's normal for a, a kid his height at his age. Like it, it'll happen. Uh, you just got to give him a little bit, and it's gonna help that he's coming into a situation where he doesn't have to be the guy. You know, go into the Mavs in the lottery. You know, most of these guys are going to teams where they, they're expected to, you know, be one of the top guys right off the bat. Uh, but Lively, that's not the case. He's going into a situation where Luca and hopefully Kyrie, you know, they're wanting, hoping to re-sign him pretty quick when free agency opens. That's the two guys carrying the majority of the scoring load. And then you got guy like Jaden Hardy off the bench and Tim Hardaway Jr., unless they trade him, which I think is going to be one of the Mavs' next moves Mm -hmm. uh, in the coming weeks. I I think Tim Harway Jr. is definitely going to get traded. Um, So scoring is not going to be an issue. I don't think he's going to be pressured to score. But, you know, before the draft happened, they talked to Lively and asked him about his uh, his fit in Dallas and, like, his workouts and everything. And he was talking about how it was a great visit, uh, how he showed the Mavs how – committed he is and how much of a hard worker he is. And he thought that that really resonated with them. Uh, And then when they asked about his fit with Luke and Kyrie, he said, look, he's not trying to step on any toes. He's wanting to come in. He's wanting to set screens, uh, roll to the basket or pop out to the the three-point line, block shots, defend in space, you know, do do all the little things. And, you know, Prosper, he echoed that when uh, he was interviewed about his fit with the Mavs. So, everybody's on the same page here. Everybody gets it. You know, you got your two stars. You need guys around them who play defense and can do all the little things. So, this was a really big step in the right direction for the Mavs. And I'm excited to see what they do next. I don't know what it is that they do next. But, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm not – I still – I still wouldn't be against – trading for Aiton and, uh, you know, having li- like kind of ease Lively into it. You know, he, he wouldn't have to be a starter from day one, but I don't know now. Now I got to go back to the drawing board and, and, and put some stuff together because I don't know what I want now mm-hmm. uh, because I think Lively could start from day one, and I think it'd be fine because his role would be so defined and it's stuff that he does so well, so – um, what are your thoughts on that as far as like how lively and prosper should be integrated from the beginning? Uh, and then what you expect to see, you know, with this, with this roster going into the next few weeks.
2: I don't think it'd necessarily be a bad thing for lively to be integrated immediately just to throw them into the fire. I think, you know, I think it'd be baptism by fire. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I think that there would be a learning curve pretty immediately but what we have to understand about Lively is, A, I'm fairly certain he's young for his uh, for his class because he actually reclassed up as a high school junior right before committing to Duke. So he's young. Um, so there's still, you know, a lot of room for development there. I don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing to throw him in the fire right away simply because he would develop quicker. Um, now, granted, there's going to be headaches, but uh, and I think, you know, his lack of bulk and lack of, you know, just muscle may negatively impact him on the glass for now. But I mean, the guy's like seven foot one, he can jump out of the gym. I don't think that the learning curve will be that tremendous as far as rebounding is concerned. And here's the reality we just need him to be able to set screens, catch lobs, and rebound and block shots. And that's it. That's all we need him to do. And he can do that right now. Um, as far as Prosper is concerned, I'd like to see him come off the bench. But the, the big thing about Prosper is, God forbid, if we do have to trade away Josh Green, it's nowhere near as negative of an impact now. Like, say, if we had to trade Josh Green for DeAndre Ayton, it's nowhere near as negative of an impact now. So, yeah. Um. No, I think both of those guys could potentially impact you immediately. And I think, you know, I'd like to see us integrate them a little bit slower just for their sake, but it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing if we didn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like last year. There were there were a handful of people. I, I think it was in mid to late November when uh, when Jaden Hardy was really, you know, popping off for the the Texas Legends. And I was just like, Hey, uh, can we bring him up now? Yeah. <laughs> we we could we could use a little uh, a, a little bench scoring here, and uh, everybody's like, oh, no nah, no nah, just bring him along, bring him along slowly and everything, and then toward the end of the season they finally had to just throw him in there, and uh, he was just he was dominating like mm-hmm. he was he was really filling it up, and I was thinking yeah this would have been nice if we did this earlier in the season, and then he was more prepared. You know, here at the end, and it was maybe it'd be more meaningful basketball. But hey, mm-hmm. I, I know not all guys are the same, so you you, you never know how they're going to progress and and what they need. But one thing is for sure, uh, to get better, you have to play more. So yes, uh, and you, have you, to 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 be you have to play through mistakes. You have to play through mistakes, and that's one thing that I like about kid. If you if you'll give effort and if you play defense. You know he'll let you play through mistakes. That's that's how it's been with Josh Green, you know since uh, since Kid has become coach. Josh Green couldn't get any hardly any playing time under Carlisle, uh, but you know he does under Kid because mm-hmm. Kid lets him play through those mistakes. And to his credit, Green has gotten a lot better because of it. And he's still only 22, so he could still get even more better. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's there's some interesting ideas out there. Uh, and you know, we still have this thing about you know, if the Mavs wanted to, they could trade their 2027 pick, um, uh, they could attach that to Tim Hardaway Jr. or you know, Josh Green or, or something like that, and, and just see what they could get back, you know, whether it's uh, you know, whether it's an actual player or if you want to get a couple of picks for next year's draft, or I don't know. You know, there, there's there's a lot of different ways they could they could maximize that since it's so far out into the future. Because, you know, I, I don't know. They might want to hold on to that if they think there's a chance Luca might leave, but I just really don't see that happening. Uh, not on this next contract, at least. I think he will sign another extension and just see – you know how it goes but um uh, what do you think about Kyle Kuzma because we've talked about this i he is he is super talented and and i told you this the other day when we talked about this my perception of kuzma is kind of skewed because every time i watch him play the mavs he just cooks the mavs and <laughs> just like just like he is a All NBA guy, perennial All NBA Kyle Kuzma. Uh, so, and I mean, he's kind—he's like the—he's like the perfect kind of four, you a three slash four you'd want. You know, if Lively develops the way we think he will, uh, playing with this team. So, from from a pure talent standpoint, from a fit standpoint, like it works. But then you have the thing where he's kind of a knucklehead uh and he's wanting like 30 million dollars per year, which is, you know, it's it, it, when I saw that the other day, it kind of it made me want to post that uh meme of Adam Silver where it says, get ready to learn Chinese, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't going to happen. But, you know. Uh, I I don't think, you know, $30 million a year for Kyle Kuzma sounds kind of ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, where are, are you, where are you at with where are you at in alignment with that, you know, based on his talent and the fit with the Mavs? There was a time
2: and I'm sure you remember this time back whenever Kyle Kuzma played for the Lakers uh, that he was considered by a lot of people to be Jason Tatum's equal. Um. And in terms of talent, just pure, straight ability, I can see it. Unfortunately, that's not all that goes into this. In fact, it's only probably about 50% of what goes into this. Um, I don't think that there has been a locker room that has embraced Kuzma simply because of the way that he acts. There have been multiple occasions where people have talked about his lack of interest in the game. There have been instances where he has talked about his own lack of interest in the game where he'd rather spend time at home on Fortnite. So
0: we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
2: I think it's a risk slash reward situation. I don't know if the reward outweighs the risk with that guy. I, I really don't want to experience another Christian Wood 2.0 situation. I think that there's a chance for that to happen with Kuzma, but if it works, it's great. Yeah. Um, well, he's got tremendous upside, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I,
1: yeah, I, I don't know either. And and look, if you're going to pay big money for, you know, a guy to be your three-slash-four, uh, you want it to be a guy who, you know, if he's a knucklehead, at least he's a proven uh, knucklehead, who's uh, – and where I'm leading into this is Draymond Green. Uh, because, you know, Draymond, he's going to opt out of his final year of his contract and become a – free agent this summer um and you know the the warriors they just traded jordan Poole to the wizards for chris paul which i mean look, yeah, wow. I know, <laughs> which i mean look i i know jordan Poole was was not good at all last year in the first year of that big contract they gave him but that's a head scratcher to me i mean i maybe that's maybe that was like a desperate attempt maybe, maybe draymond was just kind of like okay, well, I'm going to opt out and I'm going to leave because I don't like Jordan Poole, you know, because he punched him before last season started and it was on film and it got leaked somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe it was a situation like, yeah, I don't want to stay with this guy. And the war like, Oh, Oh, he, he opted out and maybe he's going to leave. Let's trade him. Yep. Uh, and Oh, we'll get 38 year old Chris Paul. That'll be, that'll be what extends the dynasty uh <laughs> so uh I don't know I don't know what's going on there but uh, I do know Draymond Green loves Luca um uh, I do know he has uh some uh he doesn't have anything bad to say about Kyrie Irving either to my knowledge but uh I could see that being a situation you know where maybe the Mavs uh, part with that future pick if it uh if it entices the Warriors to do some sort of sign and trade um because you know you that's something maybe you could use Tim Hardaway Jr and another piece to to work it out and then if you have to pay Draymond somewhere in that you know 25 million range i think that's more warranted than you know taking a more of a gamble on Kuzma and look maybe maybe Kuzma would be fine in Dallas there's just something about You know, all the stuff – when – when before Spencer Dinwiddie was traded to the Mavs, there were so many reports of the locker room dysfunction in Washington. And then Dinwiddie, he just kept – he kept going after Kuzma, you know, every time that the Mavs played the Wizards after he was on the Mavs and him and Kuzma going back and forth and everything. And I'm just thinking, like, Is this a Dinwiddie thing or is it a Kuzma thing? Because Dinwiddie seemed fine on the Mavs from everything I saw Mm. and all of his interviews and everything. And I mean, I haven't seen anything with Kuzma up close and personal, you know, in locker rooms or anything like that. But from from my bias standpoint of, or I guess my experience with Dinwiddie, it leads me to believe that Kuzma might have been the. (laughs) the issue in that Washington locker room. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see. Uh, All I know is I'm extremely happy with what the Mavs did. Nico Harrison did great. I think Mark Cuban finally just kind of relaxed a little bit, sat back and let his GM do his job, uh, which was amazing to see. I know it's hard. You You own a team. You're passionate about a team. Mark Cuban is you know as much flack as he gets he is a he's the the biggest Mavs fan out of anybody uh because of the investment he, yeah. <laughs> he's put into it i mean he is the the biggest Mavs fan so it's hard for him to just kind of sit back and just trust somebody else to uh to do what they do but it looks like he finally did that and i'm happy that he did uh and also kind of an underrated aspect of this is the Mavs added uh, Dennis Lindsey into the mix, you know, with their front office, kind of like a, Mm -hmm. an advisor to Nico. And, you know, he was the guy that uh, identified and drafted um, uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, I believe in, uh, in Utah. So, you know, he, he has a pretty good track record with drafting too. And I'm sure he had some kind of input along the way, but DJ, is there anything I've missed other than uh Christos Porzingis? Uh he w- he was in a three-way trade that fell apart and then they had another three-way trade come up and so now Christos Porzingis is with the Celtics, Marcus Smart is with the Grizzlies, and Tyus Jones is with the with the Wizards. Okay, yeah, I got it. So, other than that, is there anything I've missed?
2: You know, just a comment on the Memphis situation. They are desperate for a point guard like wow
1: that was my thought too wow i love mark i love marcus smart and what he does is like a culture setter a a tone setter uh but you know it's the the internet tells me he's 29 years old i feel like marcus smart is 33 years old He's, he's been around forever
2: and you know the thing about marcus smart is he gives you you know great ability on the defensive end he's a great leadership guy great locker room guy i just feel like he's so limited offensively and to give up so much to get him Oof. i'm
1: I'm glad glad I'm (laughs) i'm glad we didn't uh take off take off early because i just got a thing on here uh tim mcmahon on the latest uh hoop collective pod is saying that uh The Hawks want either Josh Green or Jaden Hardy for Clint Capella. What do you think about that? I would. I probably. I probably trade Josh Green for Clint Capella. Yeah,
2: I was about to say. You know, I think other Mavs fans are going to hate me, but I would do it. I would trade Josh Green. I'm not. I'm not trading Hardy. I'm just not.
1: My answer on this would be much different if the Mavs hadn't used that trade exception. And gotten prosper with the 24th pick mm. last night. But now that they have, I would do that. I Just would like I, I said would.
2: earlier, it makes losing green a little bit more palatable. So
1: and who knows, that might not, you know, maybe you can factor in Tim Hardaway Jr. into that same trade and get a guy like uh, uh Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes. From the Hawks. That'd be too. helpful. That'd yeah. be helpful. Get Bogdanovich and Capella from the Hawks for Tim Hardaway Jr. and Josh Green, and you're cooking.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I want that. That sounds great. Either Bogdanovich or get a pick or something. I don't know, but
1: yeah, because I, I, like I mean, that look great. that that's a situation in Atlanta that uh, that could be blowing up in the next, you know, probably the next year. Yeah. If not a little bit more than that, because, you know, Trey Young hasn't been happy. John Collins, they've been shopping him left and right for two years now. Uh, They were shopping DeAndre Hunter. Uh, They signed DeJounte Murray, and they were already – there were rumors that he could get traded last night. I mean, it's just – it seems like it's a mess in Atlanta, so we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on all that. But, yeah, Capella – Capella is is kind of like lively in that he fits he checks all the boxes for what the Mavs need from a center but he's also a wise veteran and he's filled out and he's ready to go now and you could ease lively into it and have him learn from Capella too so yes, uh, that would be pretty cool
2: you know Capella's solid I've always liked Capella um, you know a couple of years ago there was some kind of talk about possibly trading for Capella and I was all for it. I think Capella would have been great. And I think he still oh, yeah. would be great. I think he'd be great for lively's development as well. But most of all, it gives you a good rotation with your post players. Um, you've got a good solid rotation at the five. So and that's huge just because decent post players are so hard to come by.
1: So I just think I just think I think back to how good he was. Yep. running pick and rolls with James Harden mm-hmm. when he was in Houston. And I just think like, man, think of him doing this with Luca and Kyrie. Like just have pick your poison. Like it, it would be amazing. It'd be
2: perfect. It would be perfect. Cause that's the type of thing he needs to be in, you know, in, in Atlanta, he never really got those opportunities. Cause you know, Trey young is just going to pull up from everywhere. Um, They don't really run much PNR over there. So You know, my only concern with Capella is his ability to defend the PNR at this point, but in the past, he's been okay. Um, Either way, I'd do it. I love green, but I'd do it.
1: I'm looking up pick and roll stats because I don't know where the Mavs ranked in that. I wanted to see it before we hopped off, but may not be able to do it. Let's see here. Okay, so just so you don't get cooked on the timeline later, DJ, because you know how people are, they'll, they'll, they'll go to MBA stats.com and they'll say, well, actually, uh, <laughs> uh, Trey Young, he has like a 50.8% frequency as far when it comes to running pick and rolls. but I will say this, I will say this, I don't think about that though. all I think about, is when Trey Young is pulling up from thirty-five feet, and most of the time, you know, he's missing it. He does hit some big ones, but a yep. lot of times he misses it. But I do think quite often about how James Harden and Capella ran that uh, pick and roll to perfection in Houston for all those years, and they actually made it to the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. doing that before uh, I think Chris Paul got hurt. They were yeah, yeah, they were up three-two on the on the Warriors in that in that series, and then Chris Paul got hurt. Yep, man, Chris Paul is unlucky, and yeah. now he's on the Warriors. <laughs> I don't think he'll be
2: there for long. Um, but you're right. You, whenever you think of the Atlanta Hawks, you don't really think of pick and roll sets. Um, you're at you're least most,
1: outside. At least outside of Trey Young, you know. Yeah, I mean, you just really don't think about that. Um,
2: and there are so many different instances of Trey Young just coming down the floor and pulling up just in ISO sets. So. I don't think that Trey Young is really a uh, a polarizing figure in the uh, the pick-and-roll example department.
1: Well, I think uh, I'm just glad the Mavs made the trade they did five years ago because people think that the Mavs are in hot water, you know, with how they've built this roster around Luka over the last handful of years. But imagine the boat the Mavs would be in if they had – just taking trey young with the third pick and didn't make the trade for luca they would be in really hot water right now so uh i'm i'm very happy that that didn't happen and you know if luca is healthy and in shape and you've got some solid pieces around him you're always going to have a chance so i'm excited to see where this season goes well Guys, that is going to do it for another episode of Mass Step Back Podcast. Uh, We appreciate all of you for coming in and listening every single time. Uh, Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify for a chance to win uh, ticket giveaways, t-shirt giveaways, anytime we do one of those. Uh, I've got one that's going to be coming up uh, around Summer League. So, be on the lookout for that and go ahead and throw your name into the hat by leaving us a review on there. We really appreciate it. Also, please go to Dallasbasketball.com. We have a boatload of uh, content over there uh, from myself, uh, my guy, Grant Afseth, Michael Mulford, uh, Mike Fisher, Richie Witt, you know, a handful of guys just, just pitching in stuff. And we, from, from top to bottom, we're going on 24 hours straight of, uh, you know, posting stuff over there. So go check it out. There's a lot more coming today and there's a lot more coming in the next few weeks, you know, as free agency gets underway and then we'll roll into summer league. So uh, guys, we appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your day and have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.